0: welcome to the andy griffin show wake up with your chance to sound off give your opinion and tell us about your wild conspiracies it's on it's now it's here the andy griffin show on news radio 890 94.9 kbxu southern utah's news talk leader
1: Hi everybody! Glad you're here this morning. It's nine oh nine. I'm Andy Griffin, uh, back from the dead. Not really. I was sick for a bit, but I'm better, and uh, I'm happy to be in front of the microphone here in the Camping World of St. George Studios. Welcome to the program. I've got Steve Dunham on the f- uh, phone line with me from the Washington County School District. Timing is perfect, and that's because school starting uh, pretty soon, huh, Steve?
2: well in in less than 24 hours now school so so yeah that's really exciting
1: first of all before we get rolling on school stuff uh steve i wanted to thank you for uh guest hosting this show a couple of weeks ago uh got to listen back to it i thought you did a fantastic job man oh
2: thank you i hope i didn't drive too many of your listeners away with my (laughs) with my amateurish ways I, i wasn't quite sure but uh Mayor Mayor Nielsen was an awesome guest, and he's easy to talk to. And I hope we answered the questions your guests had.
1: Yeah, you did a great job. I was I was actually while you were doing the show, I was out trying to get myself a, a good case of COVID nineteen, and it worked. I did. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I had it. Uh, had it. Uh, well I went to the the day you hosted you guest hosted I was in Las Vegas and I'm about 95% sure that's where I got it because there's a lot of people I mean Vegas was open for business let me tell you there was a, I I literally came in if not physical contact close proximity contact with thousands of people in Las Vegas, oh
2: no. and, uh, but yeah. you're doing okay now, Andy.
1: Yeah, I, I had Johnson and Johnson, uh, you know, and I thought honestly, I kind of thought I wasn't going to get it because I had the the vaccination. Uh, I did get it, however, I truly and sincerely believe that the uh, the effects of the disease were uh, much less because of the because of the shots. So. Uh, I, well, good. I, I still encourage people to get the shot. I know the narrative has changed and a lot of people feel oh, that's my right. You can't make me, w- whatever. Uh, <laughs> I believe you should get the shot. I, I think it uh, actually helped me out. My, I know my wife who also got it. Um, her, her really bout with the disease was like really one bad day and, uh, and a little bit leading up, a little bit uh, cooling down, but one bad day. So I believe in him. Well, that's Steve.
2: really good.
1: So tell me, a little know, I, bit, tell me a little bit about what's going on with the school district right now. I know you guys are gearing right. up. Uh, you've had to shuffle, move some teachers around, move some people around, and you're still not completely staffed. Is that true? You know, we're close, but not quite. We, we are growing, Andy. Yeah.
2: We are growing by we're anticipating it will end up being around 1,500 children again this year, wow. which is what we've kind of seen for the past several years. We've grown around a 1,000, you know. But man, we are really growing, and so it has been exciting to to watch the growth, to see everybody come in. And so, yes, we are we are moving teachers. We have some schools that have declined in enrollment, which shows that you know people are moving here within the district from one area to another. And so, we've had that happen. But we we uh, we are short, I think, four teaching positions, which, in all honesty, is really good to yeah. be at this situation in the year and only need 4 teaching positions. And so uh, a couple of those are kindergarten so if there's any kindergarten teachers out there listening that have thought about coming back we could uh, we could sure use them we could put them to good work.
1: I have a friend who was a kindergarten teacher for 9 years then she moved up to a different grade and then she's actually moved into Oh, I forget the specialty she's in, some kind of a specialty teaching deal, you know, helping kids read or something like that. But uh, I, uh-huh. I asked her about kindergarten. She said, hey, teaching kindergarten is the greatest experience in the world, but it does wear on you after a while.
2: Uh, it's high energy. You have to be high energy because those kids are high energy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it does wear on you, I'm sure. I'm sure. But, it, you know, our all of our teachers do such good jobs and. And like I say, we have four teaching positions. I think we only have three other full-time positions that are open in the district. Um, we also have positions for people that uh, uh, for, uh, or part-time positions for people that would like to help out in the district. We are looking at like 50 different positions in that regard. And so if you're a mom and you want to help out in your child's school just you know, a few hours a day throughout the week, I, I think there's opportunities available there as well.
1: Let's go back to the growth a little bit, Stephen. Talk about where it's where it's coming from. Uh- I get the feeling that, and I know last year we had some of the growth was with people moving in because they, quite frankly, weren't having school in person, school in places that they lived, in, and so they moved here. Oh. Uh, this year, it's a little different. A lot of school, well, most schools around the country are open now, but with the new Delta variant of COVID nineteen, a lot of states are saying, "Well, we might be open, but we're not going to be open full time. And if we <laughs> are open full time, we're going to mandate masks and, uh, you know, vaccines and." and stuff are we seeing some people now uh, just here at this l- kind of late hour say maybe i'll move to washington county you know i, I
2: don't honestly know now at this point if, if that's happening but we definitely have had an influx from nevada california throughout the west actually because i know i've talked with people from oregon from washington state that have come down into our community and so and that is, that is the narrative we've heard is they want their children back in school. They, they're, they're kind of done with it. And now like uh, our our next door neighbor, Clark County, Nevada in Las Vegas, they are opening like we did last year with masks and, and, and all those precautions in place. And so, uh, according to the law, the law says we can't do masks. And so we won't be doing masks and we're not requiring vaccinations. We're, we're leaving that up to parents, but, uh, you know they're highly encouraged. Like you talked, uh, I've heard Doctor Blodgett multiple times talk about how good this vaccine is, and he and he highly encourages it. Doctor Blodgett, obviously from the health department, right,
1: right. The well, you know, and and kind of the big story today uh, going around news circles, uh, Salt Lake County trying to mandate masks as a county. Uh, it's interesting because the the health director there. Angela Dunn said yes the the county mayor in Salt Lake and Salt Lake is the biggest you know population wise county in in the state said yes but the county council has basically said we're not going to pass this thing because it's not our place to mandate masks in schools I know we've had you know Terry and Dave and some of those guys on on the Washington County school board say we will never mandate masks for this school uh, it's it you know first of all it's encouraging i think that's a good thing but second of all it's kind of a weird thing to say because it's a moving target i mean who knew just even a month ago steve that we were going to see such a surge uh, like we're seeing right now so it's a moving target it is a moving target but again the,
2: the way the law reads it, it's house bill 1007 it does not allow the school district to mandate masks so if a mask mandate were to come down you need to come down from an entity higher. And for a higher entity to do that, they would need legislative approval.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Pretty simple then. You can't, not, not only will they not do it, they can't do it. Legally, they can't we do can't.
2: it. We
1: okay. can't. We cannot.
2: Yeah, we, we cannot. So we, we will not. And our uh, Dr. Blodgett feels like there's no need. He he feels comfortable. you got to remember, we have a year worth of data under our belts showing where the spread is happening. And, and from all of last year, we could only track less than 10 cases, and those are 10 that we weren't even sure of, but 10 cases of student-to-student spread in our schools. Hmm. So out of 36,000 children for an entire year, only 10 or less than 10 incidents of child-to-child spread, and we weren't even sure of that, but we kind of assume maybe that's what it was. That's really rare, and so we feel good about the precautions we've had in place. and and working with Dr. Blodgett, we feel good that we can maintain that through this next year without the masks.
1: Now, one wild card in all that is, of course, we're encouraging vaccinations for the kids, but uh, so far, none of the vaccines are approved for under the age of 12. Now, uh, a little asterisk to that is, (laughs) sorry, we got a little feedback there. A little asterisk to, to that is the fact that These kids under the age of 12, you're incredibly unlikely. I mean, rare, I think would be even a better word, to get uh, an 11 11 and under kid to actually get sick enough to go to the hospital.
2: That's true. That's true. And I'm not an expert in that regard, but but that's that's my understanding as well. And so I can tell you when it comes to that, we have worked closely with Dr. Blodgett so that we know, um, hey, you guys handle the COVID side we'll handle our side, which is educating children. That's our that's our specialty. That's where our, our wheelhouse, and we'll take that, we'll own that, and we'll do the best of that. And we're leaving it up to the health department to decide what we need to do for health protocols because that's their wheelhouse.
1: Stick to what you're good at. I like it, Steve.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, let's take a couple of calls. You up for that? Sure. All right, line two, thanks for holding on. You're on with Andy and with Steve Dunn from the school district. What's up? Is that me, Andy? Oh, yeah, but you're distorted. So call me back. I'll get you right on the air. Okay? Huh? Yeah, we uh, we uh, got a little distortion there. It's a it's a weird day because I have Steve. Obviously, is on the phone line as well. So we've got phone lines occupied. I'm using lines three and four. And all <laughs> right, let's 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 try I'm, this I'm now.
2: Sorry about that. We're we're out <laughs> visiting schools today
3: too. So is that better?
1: Yes, much better. Thank you for uh, thank you for calling yeah, back. I'm
3: out visiting schools, and I got about six to hit this morning. Um, I know Dave was thinking he'd be able to come on, but for some reason that's not. Oh, this is Terry.
1: So. Okay, Terry. This I is did, Terry, yes. Didn't realize you were going to call this morning. I'm glad you're on the well, air. I didn't week. realize
3: I was either, but, you know, if Dave can't do it, I'm usually the fallback.
2: You're
1: the fall guy. Oh, we
2: got it covered, Terry. We don't need you here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, Terry, we were just talking about, you know, Steve made it pretty clear that not only will Washington County School Board not mandate masks, you technically legally can't mandate mask wearing.
3: Right. We We had several comments at our board meeting last night about that. And, you know, House Bill 1007 says we can't. And I think even if we could, we wouldn't. Um, so we'll see what happens up in Salt Lake. I know they're trying to do something up in Salt Lake County, but, uh, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, I think this year with everything, we're going to be just fine. And we fully expect to have a more normal school year this year. There were some things, uh, that we did as a result of COVID that, um, I think we're going to keep doing. So one of them big ones is going to be graduations. They're going to be in the stadiums of the high schools now instead of over at uh, Dixie State.
1: Okay, I like it, yeah. Have a and uh, we, have you
3: know, we learned some lessons. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll do a little better with some sound and some other things. But uh, overall, we're going to start them earlier in the morning, uh, so it's a little cooler. But everybody really seemed to like that, to being able to take we- the time to be on the place where – You know, the students had so many fun activities and so much time together as a student body and as a community uh, to be at their stadiums. We just found it was a terrific idea that maybe we wouldn't have come to without COVID. So it's just one of the things. There are several other things that um, we've learned that we're improving to help our ability to educate the kids.
1: All right, Steve, did you have a comment? Yeah, did we have another caller that was trying to get in. I think I think that the phone lines are being a little bit funny today. So we're going to we're going to stick with it and hopefully we won't get okay. any any distortion. I, I or, didn't want Terry to talk too long if somebody was waiting on the
2: line. So <laughs> uh,
3: Steve is already acting as a guest host.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually, yeah, uh, you guys yeah, but thanks to you too, Terry, as well for guest hosting a couple of days while I was out uh, visiting China, uh so to speak. uh uh, did a fantastic job appreciate both you guys stepping in uh and uh, and taking care of business for me Uh, it was fun as always talk a little bit about the the overcrowding we opened the show talking with steve a little bit about some of the overcrowding 1500 new students i guess this year alone uh terry uh, in the school board what do you guys uh when you hear those kind of numbers what do you do is there action required
3: Well, we take a look at our our land situation our land inventory. We take a look at uh, what what we've got on the schedule for new construction. Uh, We just opened our second elementary school in two years. It's only got about 400 students in it, so there's a lot of room to grow down there. Where's that one? Yeah, it certainly is something that um, we are concerned about always. And if it keeps going at this rate, we may have to accelerate some of our plans. But uh, overall I think we're still in a good position one of the one of the big challenges that we have is land acquisition and even though we pay um, fair market value we have to have appraisals and then we pay whatever that is um, particularly in a high growth area such as Washington city uh, we we've, we've got some challenges getting developers to get school sites over there
4: mm.
3: and uh, hopefully these elections will have some candidates and some some people over in Washington that are willing to help us work with the developers to develop schools. Um, That hasn't always taken place in the past. So that's the big thing right now is just looking for land. But right now with land prices being what they are, we're trying to be responsible, but eventually we may have no choice but to start moving. We may have to look at building bigger schools and uh, those come with another set of challenges.
1: Yeah, we don't... uh, Personally, I don't want bigger schools. I like the way the schools are set up right now. I had to put Terry on hold as we juggle some phone lines here and go uh, to uh, some callers. Uh, Hey, you're on with Andy. Uh, Are you there? Hello? Yeah, go ahead.
4: Uh, Hey, um, yeah, a longtime school teacher from hired back in 1989 Mm -hmm. till 2000 and something, Tanner's love 12. Anyway, Mr. Denham stated that he could not even say we had any COVID cases at all. (sighs) Any teacher will tell you that if one kid gets sick in your class, it just spreads like crazy through the whole class, and then the whole grade level gets it. Um, And something just doesn't make sense to me from my experience as a teacher. Why didn't this COVID spread? Where is it? If it should be anywhere, the kids should show it, because seriously, one kid gets sick in a classroom, they all get it, including the teacher. yeah, just to comment
2: yeah, that', know, that that's, that's a question again for the health department, because our experience showed that we had cases at schools, but the spread from student to student that means when they did the contract contact tracing. We had less than 10 incidences of it spreading from a child to a child in the school. Now, there were other incidences where friends would get it, but that was outside of school because after school they'd take off their masks, they'd go hang out. But again, that's a question really for the health department. But in our schools, we were diligent in disinfecting, in sanitizing, in hand washing. Um, we followed the guidelines for the math. We did what we needed to do, and we felt comfortable that we were minimizing the opportunities for the virus to spread. But, but to answer your question, I, I tell you, you need to talk to a health professional to answer that, because we didn't see it in the schools. And our cases, our case counts never got that high to where we saw it, to where we had to shut down a school like some of the other schools up north.
1: Logic, I mean, logically, what he's saying makes sense, and we all have kids. My kids, I know. Well, you know, if somebody the stomach flu was going around, well, my, yeah, my my kids would get it. If the if the you know a cough was going around, my kids w- would get it. So it's actually surprising. Maybe Steve, maybe uh, all those measures you took, including wearing masks in school, m- maybe those things actually worked. I don't know. Maybe they really did. You know, but I, I know
2: last year as well, doctors talked about how there were so few instances of RSV that, that goes around through the the, the younger kids and, and that they feel like that's because of all of the hand washing, the sanitizing, the mask wearing. And, and so, you know, you, there's, it's got to be making a difference in some ways. And so, you know, we'll try and keep up what we can keep up in the schools to make it as safe as we possibly can within the boundaries of the law.
1: The, the the truth of the matter is, we're not sure. But uh, one thing I think that kind of boggles the mind is: are we actually getting our teenagers or or our kids to wash their hands after they use the bathroom and stuff? I mean that that that's a battle every parent has fought.
2: You know, if we can do that, we can solve world peace. I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts, Terry?
2: Well, I would just
3: agree with a lot of what Steve said. Um I think, in fact, we pressed Dr. Blodgett about this last summer Um, and all they had the statistics on was that they knew that younger children in particular got it less and yet they didn't fully accept the reports from countries like the Netherlands and Europe where they didn't mask the kids they didn't make them social distance Um, and you know, the idea that Salt Lake County is saying, oh, if you don't mask the kids, you're going to have a kid in the hospital every other day with COVID. That That's ludicrous. Steve is much more polite. I'm much more political. <laughs> and so I would just say that. That's, that statement is outrageous and irresponsible on the part of a public health official. It, it, there, there's no evidence, and our observations didn't include it. But I would say that it that we did have a lot less of the other illnesses as well. So, you know, whether or not the masks were effective or not, certainly the sanitation and the other steps that we took and will be continuing to take are helpful in that. And so while, you know, we're not risking the death of the children, we do want to keep them as healthy as we can. We still are encouraging the parents to keep them home if they're sick and uh, we'll just keep doing that. And those common sense things that seem to benefit, we want to keep doing that as much as possible.
1: A couple of uh, text comments that have come in during our discussion. Number one, uh, the masks likely slowed the spread, and as much as I hate masks, they likely helped. That was one person's thought. And then uh, this question, and I'll ask both of you this question. If the cases spike in school, do you think that there will be required masks and or vaccinations in the future if, they, if, if it turns out that uh, we have a problem?
3: Uh, well, that would be a legislative question. Mm. Um, I don't think the governor now has the power to authorize that. So the legislature would have to move on that.
2: Steve? You know, and I I think the, the question makes a good point, is that this is an evolving situation just like last year, and things have changed in the past. It's possible things could change again, but it's not a decision that we'll make at the district. That is a decision that will be made much higher than the district level, and it would have to be according to the law and and we'll support that if that's the case and we need parents just to be patient if things evolve and change and it comes down from where it needs to legally please just support us and work with us as we move through this it, it's you know you, you got to hope it's for the best interest of of what needs to take place
1: one of the issues i see in in deferring to that is it feels like and you guys can attest to this i think that uh, sometimes washington county in southern utah is an afterthought, or even worse, just ignored when they start doing legislation and talking about things like that. I mean, if they have a spike in Orem, or they have a spike in Davis County, all of a sudden we've got a statewide mandate uh, because they're freaking out, and and things aren't that aren't bad here, and and we unfortunately are going to have to follow whatever they decide to do. That that's a sad truth sometimes. You know, I, I, let me speak
2: to that, though, because our superintendent went to bat for our community mm-hmm. at, when he met with the state health officials just a few weeks ago, and he said, last year you said local control. This year you're saying local control. Do you mean it? And he called them on the carpet in front of all the other superintendents in the state, and they said, yes, we will defer to your local health department. He said, perfect we'll work closely with Dr. Blodgett then and give us that local control and we'll do what we need to do locally. And so Superintendent Bergeson has been an advocate for our community and for our students down here.
1: And without saying it, leave us the heck alone.
2: Andy, let me just add (laughs) that
3: we a lot of what we did, we were required to do by following the law. We did take a lot of heat for that. And uh, part of that was that the state did not give our local public health authority uh, any any ability to yeah to uh, advise us on what was good for our area, and supposedly that's changed. So I'm going to be uh, speaking to a, a school for a minute. I'm going to just mute you, okay. and then I'll come back after the break and join you.
1: No worries. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Terry Hutchinson on, also Steve Dunham here. Guys, i got to get a weather break in, so let's do that. We'll come back. You with- got it. We'll continue to talk uh, masks, vaccinations, schools. It starts tomorrow. Are you ready for school to start?
0: We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show.
1: Welcome back. I'm uh, with Steve Dunham. Terry Hutchinson's on one of the lines, too. We even have callers. Everybody's being patient. I appreciate that. So let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, you're on with Andy and Steve Dunham. What's up? Thanks for calling. Is that me? That's you, yeah. Uh,
4: I just wanted to say I was listening uh, lots of less RSV and viruses last year because of all the disinfecting and cleaning and wearing masks. But, you know, we need viruses to develop a natural immunity. So are we doing a disservice also by too much disinfecting?
1: Wow, oh, that's a great question. Any thoughts on that, Steve? You know, that, again, that's a question beyond the scope of
2: my, my uh, profession. I'm an educator, and I can tell you that was an, a side effect or a possible side effect but you'd need to ask the health department of that. I I'm, I'm not a healthcare professional or I'm in the business of education. And so unfortunately I I'm not qualified to speak to that.
1: I, you know, if, speaking personally, I, I feel like, you know, having raised now five kids, my last one's a senior in high school starting this year, but, uh i i've really felt like a little bit of dirt a little bit of grunge now uh, steve and i were joking about why getting your kids to your teenagers to wash their hands or whatever but uh, the truth (laughs) of the matter is a little bit of dirt a little bit of grunge a little bit of sickness coming through is not necessarily a bad thing as long as nobody gets very very sick so i agree with you when you say yeah we need that natural immunity too yep okay thanks for calling let's See if we can get Seth on here. Seth has been holding on a while. Seth, are you there? Uh oh, Seth. Seth, call me back. You're all distorted on me. So uh, call, call me back. We'll get we'll get you back on the air. He was on hold for about 20 minutes. So I feel bad for Seth. Uh, he was he was out there for a while. I think he knows the phone number though. So, it's uh, nine thirty seven. There he is. All right, Seth called right back. Seth, thanks for calling right back. How you doing?
5: Yeah, I was. Uh, there's so many stupid uh, attorneys and educators and, and broadcasters. I just wanted to ask a couple of simple questions. The first one is, why won't cannibals eat clowns?
1: Because they taste funny.
5: They taste funny, and your lines are funny too. <laughs> so, um, the, the, I just want to make a comment that this that every doctor. Um, who has to work for somebody else that isn't working for, uh, for himself, and even then uh, only works in the state of Utah when the state of Utah grants him licensure. Sure. sure. Okay. So since he has to kowtow and take everything that the state puts out and that the doctors are following, following the CDC protocol. Now, the CDC and WHO are not an elected part of our government, and in fact, they're private corporations. And so I think it's about time that somebody said, uh, we can't really trust what these people are telling us because their jobs and their careers are on the line. And so I think there needs to be more fair and balanced like Fox never was. Um, we need to have both sides of the story and let the uh, people who are out there, the consumers, make their decision whether to mask and distance and vaccine based on their information and not being beholden to people that are not uh, completely honest about the science mm,
1: so you're saying follow the money Seth perhaps follow
5: the money and don't eat any clowns
1: <laughs> all right Seth thank you appreciate it
5: <laughs> you bet
2: yeah clowns do taste funny I, I will take both of those pieces of advice to heart
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, well you know it, it's weird now Steve were you good at math I, you I you were like a, a, a no. broadcasting major right so, I, I was a
2: broadcasting major, but uh, no, I was not. A, I'm a pretty decent writer. I'm not a stellar when it comes to arithmetic.
1: Yeah, I, I was the same way. Now, I, I was really good up through business. I remember taking business math in, in high school, like junior year or something. Man, I, I loved Me that also, class. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. I, I just loved it. And then the next year, I had to take trigon- trigonometry, and they started putting letters and formulas and stuff in my math. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and and that was it for math for me. I had to take some obligatory math in college, but uh, uh, once I got through that, I'm like, all right, got to major in something that requires no more math, and that's uh, one of the reasons I was a journalism major. Anyway, uh, the point I'm trying to make here, uh, Steve, is sometimes I feel like this little uh, problem that we have, this little situation that we have with COVID and Delta variant and, you know, wash your hands too much, wash your hands not enough, uh, disinfect things, wear a mask, not to wear a mask. It almost feels like trigonometry or even calculus where we're throwing letters in with numbers and the formulas aren't the right formulas and and some of them are, but then it works and then the next time it doesn't. Uh, Steve, it seems like an almost unsolvable problem at times, and I guess, I guess uh, for you as a, you know, as there in the school district, I guess your whole deal is well, we're just going to do the best with what we got and hope there aren't too many X's and Y's and Z's in there.
2: You know, it, it was really our conversation with the health department where we said, "Listen, you're the health experts; we're the educators, and, and if we both stick to our lane and do what we know to be." We know what we know. We just focus on that, and we're focusing on the education of children. That's what we do. We cannot uh, give input on health uh, legislation or health guidelines because that's not that's not our our role. We're that's outside of the scope of our role. It's outside of our lane. We need to stick to our lane. And the health department agreed, and and they said we'll. We'll take care of all the health side. And so as, as we move forward, that's the best policy to have is is have the experts where they belong. It's, it's, it's having your, your your backside in the right seat on the bus. I,
1: I was reading a thing earlier today, and the, the gist of the article was uh, when, whenever you say that's not my job, you're it, it's a cop-out. It, this isn't a cop-out, though, right? See, I mean, we, we can no. only know so much about what we know, right? Who in their right mind would want me making rules for health guidelines
2: (laughs) in our school? Nobody. You know, I mean, let's just put it into perspective here. That would be ludicrous to have me in a role where I'm trying to discuss health guidelines or anything of that nature. That is, I I know nothing about it. Like you said, my math skills just don't go with that, nor did my, my, uh, my biology or all those other classes I took. I don't have the skills in those regards to discuss that. And so we need experts in other areas to give us that guidance and, and walk us down that path. And likewise, when it comes to education, we do a darn good job. And we're very proud of what we do because we have the data shows that we do a good job. We have the great graduation rates. We have great test scores. You know, we have some of the highest, uh, I believe it's eighth grade science test scores in the nation. We rank so high. And so we know we're doing a good job in a lot of areas, and education's our wheelhouse. We'll stick to that, to that.
1: Awesome, awesome. You know, and the thing is, is I would submit there's nobody in the world that can operate the the board here in KDXU and the computer better <laughs> than I can. Uh, but that's one of the few things I'm really, really good at, and that's why I like to have experts on the program. I don't know, Terry. Terry, are you back with us?
3: Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. It's heading into another school here in a minute, but. I would just follow up on what she said. One of the things that we learned most from our experience last year was the value of local public health authorities, local Uh educators. We in Washington County know what's best for the students of Washington County. We on the school board are, are responsive to the parents and the citizens of the county. We're directly elected. Our public health officials are here, not three hundred miles away. Yeah. They know how it's spreading. They see how we're doing in the school. And yet one of the challenges we had is we had a one size fits all policy dictated by, you know, the state. Yeah. And so I think this you know, year the legislature that, you know, we think that the people of Washington County should be able to handle their deal. And if they want to do
1: something, they want so to go so then yeah. they can. Got a little interference there. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Terry. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things I'm curious about uh, is, uh, you know, we have to work well and play well with others uh and, and so if you look at okay let's say high school football uh day after tomorrow friday night football uh dixie's going to be in springville pineview's going to be at salem hills crimson cliffs is going all the way up to cache county green canyon high school uh, cedar high is going to be over there at spanish fork so uh steve and terry when when you look at you know, okay, we know what's best for us, but we are going to have to interact with the rest of the state. Uh, is it a matter then at this point, we've got to follow the rules for where we are because they're more like, very likely to have different rules than us.
2: You know, I think that's where the meeting of the health departments, all of the, the different statewide health departments together coming down with some common rules and those included no test to play. Um, unless there it seems to be an uh, outbreak on a team then the, the, to continue their match or it, it might be an organization of choral performance. If there seems to be an outbreak, the, to then perform. Um, but that's the only situation. We're, so, so you're not going to have different health departments uh, institute a test-to-play scenario because they've agreed on some, some baseline standards that everybody has said, yes, we can all do that together.
1: Hmm. All right. Just had, boy, I was just about to take another caller, and they hung up, which I guess is probably good because i got to get a commercial break in. So we're talking schools today. Tomorrow is the first day of school. Friday is the first day of high school football. So, uh, yeah, it's here. Whether, you, uh, whether you're uh, into it or not, it's here. Uh, that means that uh, early morning traffic's going to be a little harder. L- late afternoon, but not rush hour, traffic's going to be a little busier. Uh, and uh, lots of other things to deal with. We'll talk more with Terry and Steve when we come back. Right now, I want to get a commercial break in, starting with a quick talk about Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney has been a sponsor of this show since I've been on the show. Actually, long before that, Joe Shoney is a loan consultant, his specialty, customer service. He works for New American Funding, and his goal always is to make sure that you, the customer, know exactly what's going on with your loan. He keeps you apprised of exactly where it's at, No surprises. Uh, Text or a call every single day from Joe Shoney. You can expect it. The Phone number for Joe is 435-590-6300. It's Joe Shoney. We'll be right back.
0: Are you good at what you do? Let everyone know by becoming AG approved on KDXU. Text Andy today at 435-467-5842.
1: Welcome back, 949 on KDXU. Terry and Steve on the line with me. We'll get back to them in just a second. I did want to mention the elections. It was primaries yesterday, uh, which means that uh, nothing official has been decided, except for they cut a few down or cut a few out uh, on the mayoral race in St. George's. The top two candidates, I think there were seven total candidates. I cut it down to two uh, Two familiar names. Michelle Randall, the current mayor and incumbent, she got a lion's share of the vote of seven candidates. She got 51% of the total votes that turned in. Uh, obviously folks think she's doing a pretty good job. Jimmy Hughes on the city council. Uh, is the other one that qualified for the uh, general election in November. Uh, He got about 28% of the vote. Uh, As far as city council seats, there were 11 candidates. They cut it down to four. Uh, Again, these results are unofficial, by the way. Not official, but uh, they will be certified. A couple of them pretty close. But right now, the top four are Michelle Tanner, Vardell Curtis, an incumbent. Natalie Larson and Greg Aldred. Brian Smethurst, who is an incumbent, did not make the top four, at least as things sit Right now, uh, Washington City Mayor Kenny Nielsen and Chris Staley are the two finalists, Nielsen the incumbent, but Staley actually got a a much larger portion of the vote. 47% of the vote uh, went to Staley, only about 29% to Kenny Nielsen. And then Washington City Council, they cut it down to four finalists, Roger Bundy, Kimberly Casperson, Brett Henderson, and uh, Marissa Thane. There was one other one I was going to mention. Oh, Springdale Town Mayor. Stan uh, Smith did not run, so Springdale Town Mayor... Uh, They've got it down to two candidates: Barbara Bruno and Mark Chambers. And uh, we'll as soon as we get a winner on that one, we'll get him on the air. By the way, Michelle Randall will be on the program tomorrow. It will not be a campaign program. I'll uh, give her a quick congratulations, and we'll just talk all things St. George. So look forward to talking to her tomorrow. Let's go back to the uh, guys on hold. uh, Terry and Steve, you guys both there still?
2: We're still here.
1: All right. All right, good to hear your voices. Uh again, school starts tomorrow. Uh there's always this feeling, guys, uh when school starts. I mean, uh, you know, Facebook is going to be flooded with first day of school pictures and things like that, but I mean, it's just this general feeling of uh, it's almost like spring training in baseball. Everybody's zero and zero, you get a chance for a fresh start to to uh, continue to kind of make who you are and and in some cases change who you're, you are. Any thoughts on the first day of school tomorrow morning?
3: Well, I was just at Desert Hills, and there are a huge number of new students coming in and trying to juggle their schedule, and they're new. And so they're you know, they coming in, and so our, our counselors and everybody are just hopping, trying to help everybody get settled and, and get to where they can. And uh, as, as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of new growth our our success rate in teaching our students and staying open and teaching in person five days a week has been very attractive to a lot of people around the country although it's even attractive here in utah i guess at our board meeting yesterday somebody was telling us that uh about 60 percent of the move-ins to st george are relocating from other places in utah and then we have 10 percent from california and then it kind of goes down from there but um it's a, it's a wonderful problem to have, a challenge, a great challenge, uh, and we're going to meet that challenge. But like you said, I love the first day of school. I love seeing the teachers, their enthusiasm. They've got the batteries recharged after being out for the summer, and uh, they are excited to get back and get with the students and uh, hopefully have a little more traditional education experience than we had last year.
1: Quick, quick question for you guys. Do you feel like... So we had this influx of people moving here. Uh, Do you feel like when, and I'm assuming it will happen eventually, life will return to normal in in all parts of the country and all parts of the West. Do you feel like a lot of these people are here for the short term? Like, okay, I'm here because there's normal school. As soon as there's normal school where I'm from, I'm going back. Do you get that feeling at all?
3: Um, I know the school board was kind of split on that. So, some of us think no, some of us think they're here to stay, and some of us think, yeah, this is kind of temporary. So, nobody really knows for sure.
1: Hmm. Thoughts, Steve?
2: I, I think if I were to give an opinion on that, it would be that um, most corporations have realized the benefit of remote work. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they, they really have seen, there's studies that are saying that productivity has increased via remote work. And so if your productivity has increased by giving your employees a little bit of freedom, if that is the case, then you will see the people stay. Because we have a great lifestyle here in our community. It's obviously a spectacular community. There's so many outdoor opportunities available. We have, a, in my opinion, one of the very best, if not the best, educational system in the state. We, we, our, our board works together well. Our communities work together well. And, and we got good kids. And so when you combine all that together, I, I think, yeah, I think they'll probably end up staying when they see all of the benefits outside there are to offer here.
1: Maybe we're too good for our own good then in that case. Maybe that's right. <laughs> all right, let's go back to the phone line. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with Andy with Steve Dunham, and Terry's around somewhere too.
6: Good morning, gentlemen. I'd like to address my question to Steve. Okay. And I'd like you to – Take your educator hat off for a minute and speak to me as an American and a fellow Utah. My concern has a lot to do with uh, what's going on today with uh, the vaccination, with forced vaccination. And, of course, probably at this point, we don't know what uh, the future holds in that regard. But uh, so my first question is, are the teachers required right now to be vaccinated here in Washington County? The answer is no. Nobody is required to be vaccinated in Washington County. Okay, and at some point, if that happens, I would like to know again, this is your educator hat is off and to the side. What is your position going to be when we have a government agency, regardless of which one it is, that's forcing uh, our teachers, our uh, community to be forced to take an injection into their body that they don't want. Well, first of all, you're asking me to speculate, but second, you're I am. I am. That's saying, correct.
2: I am. And you're leading me to say that I'm going to rebel against a government authority that said it's required. And, and Actually, so what I, you're asking me to, you have already kind of answered your own
6: question. If you want me to do that, I, I believe no, in following I, and obeying the law. Right. And that's exactly my point. I'm prepared to quit my job. I'm prepared to quit getting a Social Security check from the federal government if they're going to attach a requirement mm. upon my, their insistence that I inject something into my body that I am not uh, interested in having. So I'm asking you again as an American, if you're forced to take a vaccine or your teachers are forced to take a vaccine, are you willing to stand up against this tyranny and even to the point of quitting your job? Well, why
2: why would I need to be forced to do something that I've already willingly agreed to? Right. Well, what about your teachers? Don't they have liberty? They they do, and we're providing that. So you're you're asking Today, me to speculate, and you're asking me to say, are you willing to break the law? And and I'm we'll saying see. no. I'm willing to support the law, and I'm willing to support our government, and I'm willing to support the scientists. I've talked closely with Dr. Blodgett, who has said hey, this is a good vaccine, and he is an expert in virology. I I believe an expert in his field. And so when he talks about this being a good vaccine, I'll trust him.
6: He may be an expert, but he's been wrong. The vaccine doesn't work every time. We were hmm. told that the vaccine is going to allow us all to get back to normal. It turns out that's not true. Now they're telling us, well, take the vaccine and, and the virus won't be as bad as it was. Hmm. Steve, I th- every one of us is going to have to face this question in our own personal lives. If I'm working for an employer and he tells me, Steve, you're going to have to take the vaccine, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, if that's a condition of employment, I quit.
1: Hmm. I just and, and I right,
6: that's you're that's right. to do the same thing.
1: Down, down to the final no, minute, so I'm going to put you on, uh, on hold, uh, Steve the caller, not Steve Dunham. Uh, again, we're down to our final minute, I just want to make sure we get some uh, final thoughts from uh, both, uh, both Terry and Steve. Just real quick, guys, uh, first day of school, are we ready? Are we excited? Is it going to go off without a COVID hitch, do you think?
3: Hey, one thing I would mention is that we have all of our bus drivers fully staffed for the first time in a long time. Awesome. And uh, that is a key to the first day of school, to avoiding problems. And so I think it's going to go off very smoothly, maybe more smoothly than it has in the past. And last year we had a pretty good opening too. So I'm confident.
2: All right, Steve. We're, we're definitely excited. This is going to be a good year. The kids are good. The teachers are excited to be back in the classroom. The parents are excited to have their kids back on a more normal year. We're looking forward to it. We think it'll be a great year.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Steve and Terry. Great to talk to you guys today. Uh, Again, we've got to wrap things up from here. It's 9.59. Travis uh, and Clay are coming up next on the program. Uh, Boy, I don't know. If it comes down to where they tell me I have to take a shot, well, I already did. So I'm not sure that even applies. I believe in liberty. I believe in doing, uh, you know, in in defending liberty. But uh, I also believe that we have a great school system.